Uh, welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo. I'm joined by my co-host today, uh, Comrade Gerard Butler. Comrade, what's going on? That's a good one. I don't know what movie that was either. It, it was it maybe the worst Dracula movie of all time. You ever see Dracula 2000? <laughs> no, but now I really want to because it's got a 2000 in it. Wait, wait oh, so was dude, it was fucking what, awful. Was it made in the 80s and like 2000 was like the future? No, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was made in like 99. It was real, real <laughs> fucking bad. It was, you in know. In the year of, the future of one year from now. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, I'm sorry. It was made in 2000. Oh. It's, it's, that, uh, it's, I... it's holding strong at 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, it's, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's good. That's... But, uh, yeah. Mm. So anyway. Uh, oh, and yeah, now LaDonna can't make it. She's got some work stuff to do tonight. And uh another uh another consulting gig, huh? <clears throat> yeah, something. Yeah. All right. So um yeah, uh let's just get into it because uh you know there's it wasn't a ton of uh there wasn't a ton of stuff going on this week, but uh I, I have a couple things I do wanna mention. Uh briefly I wanna mention Ed Schultz uh died the other day, which was kind of a bummer. He uh we've talked about him on the show before. He uh, has a show on RT, so you know, propaganda for Putin apparently. Had a show, had a show, had a show. Yeah, had a show on RT. Um, but Edge before that though, he was uh, a host on MSNBC, and he was kind of the last wave of actual progressive hosts that uh, they had on MSNBC, or you know, to the degree that they had progressive hosts back when they had people like Dylan Radigan on and Jank had a show back before he was yeah um, yeah <laughs> and um but no but they genuinely used to have a lot of progressive hosts they quickly realized that they were saying things that the uh corporations that uh contributed to their uh network and that owned the network uh, were not a fan of and they got rid of them but uh ed schultz you know famously got fired because he railed against the tpp back when obama was pushing it you know full-throatedly um and you know in recent years he's had a show on rt um and he came out recently and talked about how uh, Phil Griffin himself uh, told him that he was not allowed to cover Bernie Sanders' uh, announcement for uh, his presidential campaign back in 2015. While, while he was already there. They were already he, set he up ready to literally go. interviewing him, yeah, in Vermont. That is like... Cut his mic, you know, cut his mic! Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just fucking absurd. But yeah, no, he, yeah. He, was a, he was a good voice for progressivism on TV. He was, TV. for the most part, yeah. And, you know, um, yeah. As, as about as good as you're going to get on, t- on on mainstream television. Yeah. Well, he was, you know, he had like the, um, you know, kind of rough union thug kind of a mm-hmm. vibe yeah. to him, like that kind of guy. Um, there was a few spots, you know, I don't think he was real progressive on things like Palestine, but you know, I mean, you don't expect so much on corporate media. So anyway, I, I will but, say though about yeah. his Palestine position, he's not great on it, but he did go on Secular Talk to defend his position or to have a conversation with Kyle years ago mm. before Kyle even had as big of a platform as he has today. So he's well, not, I have watched that least. clip or that interview, but um, what was his position? Really I, yeah, I didn't even remember. It, it, it was, it was more so the, but he, 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 I don't think he was, you know, anti-Palestinian or very pro-Israel. I think he was a little yeah. bit like, well, both sides are to, bl- you know, which is not, really true I mean, at this point but but it's no but, you it's, know, it's it's important it's like it's not a football <laughs> game it's a fucking massacre you know it's yeah. like 
Yeah, it's I think like that, watch, I, watching the Harlem Globetrotters and that team they beat, and be like, "Well, it was touch and go there for a while. It was you know, I never yeah. had no idea who was going to pull it, win it up." I could be wrong, but I do believe this was before the Gaza bombing raids. Not that that, but you know, it was still horrible then. No, but that I was mean, that was like when everyone was like, <laughs> "Choose a fucking side." They, you know? they do it every four years. It's not like it, was, it hadn't been done yeah, many yeah. times before. Anyhow, well, um, yeah, he but, was, any, but anyway, he definitely he was, was, he was mostly good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, he he was he was definitely good, and he but you know he, he talked about too. things that got himself fired from MSNBC. I mean, that's <laughs> at least he has that cred. Yeah. So yeah, um, and you know the reason I other reason I wanted to mention that is because again, uh, you know, people talk shit about RT, but they're the only fucking network uh, that I know of that has major distribution that'll put people on the air who will say things that Ed Schultz would say or that. Um, a lot of their Abby Martin, you know, had a show on RT. Jesse Ventura yeah, has a really that's good why show. We all know Abby Martin. It's because of RT. And yeah. she got shit on for that too. And she was like, Yeah, it's state owned media. So of course they're gonna cover themselves favorably, but they also can still do independent media. Compare that to every corporate media outlet in this country that does nothing but run state run media. I mean, what's what's the fucking difference there? You know, they're, they're, they're there actually is no more compelled to, you know, uh, weirdly, in a way, I think our corporate media is more compelled to follow the state narrative than state run media is because the worst that happens at state run media is you either get in trouble, get fired or maybe thrown in jail. But I mean, you you will have a little bit of, you know, breathing room in, you know, in our our, our corporate media landscape. It's like you say something about the sponsors, you're fucking fired immediately and you'll never work again in corporate media. And that's well, like yeah. all they know is yeah. that fucking ecosystem. So they're almost more subservient to power and to the state than even state run media is. Right. Well, like, you know, when you let the corporations run the state, you know, ultimately that's. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that's the other thing is like, even if they were state run media, they'd still be corporate media because the fucking corporations, you know, own uh, completely every politician in Washington. Almost. Or even even NPR, our official state run media. You log into that and it's like, here's Sam Harris talking about why Raytheon's oh. great for arming the Saudi, you know, Saudis. You know, it's like, what? This fucking. This is Isn't NPR. he such an intellectual? This is this is the 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 liberal left wing radical. It was like what? No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm told like, like Bill Moyers is like a the liberal devil. Like he wants to you know indoctrinate all your children. Like the fucking apologist for you know corporate yeah, fascism. I mean, Bill Moyers is like a older less adorable Mister Rogers practically. <laughs> like he's indoctrinating children to what? Not you know pick on each other, not be bullies. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, be respectful. <laughs> don't, don't yell at people in restaurants. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. uh, speaking of which, by the way, yelling at people in restaurants, uh, Scott Pruitt resigned today, or I believe, yesterday. Uh, Scott Pruitt, uh, EPA director, resigned. Yeah. Uh, well, he saw that little baby that woman was holding, and he, like, his, his fucking shriveled heart finally grew three times or whatever <laughs> well you know it's funny is is like he was just mired in scandal almost more so than any of the other people in the administration from day one because he's just corrupt to his fucking core i mean he you know the, he, the whole reason he got the job is because he sued the epa like 10 times to try to shut the uh agency down because he just is such a fucking you know tool for big oil yeah, well, um, I mean, if you want to appoint someone who knows an agency, get someone who hates it so much they've sued it over and over. Who, yeah, who no. better to know how it runs? So, but no, the interesting thing that I read uh, earlier today is that he cited one of the, and I believe him, that he cited one of the reasons for leaving, you know, outside of the massive corruption scandals, 
that it took a huge toll on him and his family, the constant harassment uh, that he received. And I believe him, and I think that's fucking awesome, because that actually means that all these fucking concern trolls like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer who are giving people like Maxine Waters shit for saying, like, yeah, uh, no, fuck up their days. Don't, like, let them eat at a restaurant in peace. They're, you know, fucking up the lives of, you know, millions of people in this country. They should never eat a meal in peace in public. Like, they should never go out in public and not be fucking harassed. You know, verbal. I'm not saying, like, beat the fucking yeah, shit out of my, them. But... My, f- my favorite uh, horrible take from those kind of people, the uh, the civility police, the uh, the mm-hmm. tone police, were the people that said, oh, so now we're going to make sitting at a lunch counter politicized? It's just like, are you fucking serious? Do you are you hear so yourself when you say these ignorant things? Ignorant of like, U.S. history to know? Are you being that, ironic? Like they don't know these things. They don't know. It's like they learned it, and then as soon as and something these are fucking that, liberals, that like these biases are liberals. their brain, they just forget everything conveniently. It's it it's you know, it's well, like. You know what it really- it really, what it really is, is that all the like the like liberal intelligentsia is terrified that they're going to be harassed when they go out to eat, and I think that's really what the root of their objection right. to that kind of treatment. Because right. I'm sure, like most of them, you know, don't like the Trump administration or don't you know care for Sarah Huckabee Sanders. But it's like, oh my God, well that could happen to me. I I say stupid shit all the time. Like what? <laughs> why? You know why? Why am I going to support that if they're going to do that to me? <sighs> Right, but that's the thing is is the people on the right that are that extreme are fucking cowards, right? Like oh, these yeah, totally. these um you know uh, patriot prayer or whatever the fuck Nazi assholes, they go out there and there's always less of them than there are Antifa that shows up, but they show up so that those motherfuckers run away afraid. So they'll never going to be like in mass showing up and and doing that shit to anyone because you have a bunch of people who. You know, even though they're volatile and smash windows, which I don't have a problem with, um, and tend to, you know, turn on each other occasionally. When you have somebody who's that extreme on the right, there are, you've got the black block, you've got Antifa to show up and beat up those people until they get the fuck out of there. So that is, you know, that's. That's the best thing they have. I mean, not the best thing. Oh, it's but they're the, so impolite. They, they, they're uh, yeah. <laughs> Antifa and the Black Bloc. They, they're so impolite when they're you know love, defending yeah. people from fucking mo- literal Nazis marching literal in the Nazis, streets. Yeah, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures out of Portland this week where they're it's it's like almost they're almost like self trolling. Like their Nazi outfits are like cosplay. Oh my god, I saw point. that shit with like the the guy had like the purple the like green fucking... gloves on, like and he had like the, the shield. And... Like dude, like come on. Like you we know you just want to go larping. <laughs> just go fucking larp, dude. Like I cut know. out the middle man. You don't have to be a Nazi to dress up like that and go you don't play have to get in your fucking face bloodied by much tougher people in Antifa yeah. to to go larp in the fucking park. You could do it like, you know, low contact. And, and then it's and then it's those people that refer to Antifa as uh Democrats. <laughs> like what? How do you and not refer know to Nancy things? Pelosi as a socialist, as a communist? Yeah, it's like you can you can Google this stuff up, man. You can look it up. You don't have to be. You can live in your mom's basement and still be knowledgeable. I mean, I genuinely wonder if they're that stupid and like like warped it with their ideology that they think that like you know people I, they they have to do it on purpose because they call people like us liberals and then they call people like Nancy Pelosi, like, you know, far leftists or socialists or things like right. that. Well, they, 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 they got to know that doing it, they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when they refer to uh, Antifa as Democrats and Democrats go, well, I never, I don't know. I'm not with those people. The people yeah, right. that, you, I don't know if you heard how, uh, like the 200 people that were arrested for uh, felonious uh, 
disruption at the Trump's uh, inauguration. Oh, I saw they, that, they, yeah. they were looking at like decades in prison. The the last oh, one of them had their charges dismissed. So the, I think they only got one felony conviction, and it might have been with that limo getting torched. But, I believe the you ACLU know, at, had a lot, did same, a lot of good work with those, for those oh yeah, guys. Oh, yeah. Well, but then, so then I listened to my mother talk about that, and she goes, well, I just want to make it clear that I was there for the Women's March. We had nothing to do with those people. And it's like, just, that's exactly why they say that, because they know that like, yeah, the Democrats are uncomfortable. Some... Yeah, it's, it's, it's feckless. It, that's the fecklessness right there. Yeah, well, no, it's it's the brunch protests, you know. It's like the go you go out and you, and you have a nice little Saturday protest, and then you go and have brunch, and then you go home and you forget about all the people that are actually fucking oppressed and you know actually being targeted by the administration and by uh, fucked up you know capitalist policies of both admin- both uh, parties and both administrations. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, no, um, I don't even know how we got off on that, but um, so yeah, Ed Schultz died. <laughs> Uh, that was that, that was unfortunate. Oh, I don't know um, that happened. You see some some <laughs> fucking <laughs> right. I remember fucking, before when we talked about that. A bunch of centrist assholes too tweeted things out like, "Oh, whoa, he was a Russian." Like, fucking Louise Mensch had a fucking field day, uh, talking about how he was, you know, doing Russian propaganda for Putin and how you know he. Uh, how are these people still allowed in polite society? Like th- those people, we should be fucking following around and screaming at like constantly. <laughs> Like, well, she don't... she's not even in the U.S. She's British, right? She's like well, some I, former. I, does she live here though? I mean, she's always on cable. Probably news and shit. she probably she... couldn't. No one took her seriously in the U.K., so she had to come over here. Same like John Oliver and all the rest of these fucking grifters. But yeah, no. So Nina Turner posted a, a photo of her with Ed Schultz, and people responded to that by saying, "You can join him. You can join him in hell anytime you want, Nina." Wow, that's yeah. that's real fucking classy, liberals. <laughs> you know? What are they? I'm sure that wasn't from a fucking for? Republican. No, no, that was from the alt center. It's like, yeah. what do you stand for if you hate Trump? You claim to hate Trump, and then you hate the people that were the most dissimilar from Trump. What the <laughs> I, well, like? Where is this passion to fight for the status quo that hard? What in like? Just imagine living like that, where that's your mindset. I really <laughs> think it's 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 like a mania almost. It's like you know, you 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 live your life one way for so long, and you support candidates uh that you think are good people and doing the right thing um and then all of a sudden you find out like oh no these people are horrible well, or you're told by you know people actually paying attention that oh my no those people are horrible like chuck schumer and nancy pelosi are corrupt as they fucking come they're just as bad as trump and your brain can't process it so you have to instinctively lash out at those people and think that they're yeah, you say it's, it's 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 commie propaganda that uh you know the the Bernie supporters are all actual uh Russian chaos agents and you know they can get enough crazy motherfuckers out there who don't know any better to believe it you know <laughs> and it's and just cuz it's comical I mean, when but you, sad and when you poll you know the democratic base they they poll overwhelmingly in favor of socialist or social democrat positions but then you say, oh, what do you think about this person? And a good portion of the Democratic Party will like look upon them favorably. You know, people like Ch- Chuck Schumer or those, you know, not that they have a national favorability rating that's all that good. But within the Democratic Party, they still have a relatively, you know, steady favorab- favorability per, uh, percentage. And it's like that's got to be the explanation is that there's just this disconnect with like they oh, think yeah. that those people well, are average. You if you pull uh, people purely on the issues. Um. Yeah, you faded out for a second there. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. 
Oh, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, if you poll people purely on the issues and don't give them a name or a face, it's it's like 90% of, you know, you take those tests where it determines what candidate you should support if you went mm-hmm. purely on the issues, right? And somebody did a test like that, and it was like 90% of Democrats lined up perfectly with Jill Stein's platform. And it's and it's like, and, and then you hear them talk about Hillary Clinton, and they describe Hillary Clinton as though they're describing Jill Stein. And it's like, mm-hmm. they're all things that Hillary Clinton doesn't support and never supported, but Jill Stein does. And they, they but it's like, they, they're so fixated on the zeitgeist and the marketing that they ha- they don't know things. They don't know where these people actually stand on any of these issues. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we've, we've kind of dunked on Green Party a little bit, but... Uh, you know, as far as no, always, I, I always much being, would rather have had Jill Stein as president than Hillary fucking Clinton. Of course. Yeah. But it's it's not like, you know, f- the Green Party or Jill Stein suddenly found religion. They've always been this way for yeah. decades. This has been their platform. It's only just, you know, in the last couple of years because of Bernie that suddenly there's this wing of Democrats that are suddenly, you know, have found religion. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, and I never thought it was going to be possible. I never, you know, I, and I was under no disillusionment that the, the, what was going to happen was going to reform the party. You know, you can't reform the Democratic Party, but at the very least, if you take it over with some of these people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie and some of these other people, you could at least democratize the Democratic Party. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, so, you know, I'll close out the Ed Schultz thing, but I, I want to read Bernie's tweet uh, about Ed Schultz that he put out today because I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Ed Schultz was a passionate defender of American workers and strongly supported trade policies that work for all, not just large corporations. For many years, his voice has been a strong, steady, or has been strong, steady, and against the forces of corporate greed. Ed was a friend of mine and he will be sorely missed. So. You know, he he was one of the only people on on TV who would come out and support Bernie during the primary. So for that, at least, he definitely gets some credit. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, but you mentioned AOC, so we should uh, talk about her a little bit because, you know, the smears have not stopped um, this week. Uh, you know, I thought that they would die down a little bit, but of course, everyone uh, on right wing television uh, is losing their fucking minds. Their heads are spinning off like tops about this wild-eyed socialist who's taking over the party and all this bullshit. Um, and well, she's, liberals... already been, she's already been governor of New York for, what, longer than Cynthia Nixon, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, of course, liberals are just doing whatever they can to try to minimize or co-opt or, you know, all of a sudden you're seeing people like that you know to be horrible shills uh, supporting her because I think that they realize that they can't very well push this bullshit brand of like oh well we support women candidates and then just you know totally ignore that when it comes to actual progressive women but you know <clears throat> yeah well i think there's the you know the, like i said last week the people that are like well pelosi will take her under her wing and we'll get rid of all that uh you know uh caring for poor people right as soon as we get her in uh in <laughs> into our our uh fund fundraising parties so yeah. um but yeah again i think it's just they they can only do so much of that because the the stink that comes off of that is going to get to people a lot quicker than they realize. They're still out of touch. They still don't realize how damaged their brand is to the point where somebody is as high up as the fourth highest ranking Democrat, 20-year incumbent, can get taken down by a 28-year-old with no money. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, I do want to share one tweet in particular because it was uh, really fucking goofy and stupid. Uh 
from uh, John Cardillo or John Cardildo, as people were calling Cardildo. him. Cardildo. <laughs> he <laughs> called <laughs> Cardildo so many times this week. He just kept going. He deserved um, it. He just wouldn't fight. He, I, I, I tweeted at one point that he was like a cuck for being ratioed because every tweet he would have would just have like double the replies to likes. And he was just yeah. like. And then he, there was a, a Hill article saying that he just got creamed. And, he, and his response was just basically like that drill tweet. I'm not owned. I'm not owned as I shrink farther <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> Whatever it is, as I slowly shrink it to a corn cob, or that's where the yeah, corn that's cob where the corn yeah, came from. Corn cob, yep. Um, yeah, but no, he tweeted out uh, a picture of a really small, modest hat—not you know, not an ugly hat, but like just a very small, modest hat saying, uh, "This is the Yorktown Heights uh, (parentheses) very nice area home that uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez grew up in before going off to Ivy League Brown University." A far cry from the Bronx hood upbringing she's selling. So, you know, first of all, uh, she went to Boston University, not to Brown, Ivy League Brown University. So, he, of course, overinflated and tried to fucking lie about it and then later claimed that it was written wrong in an article. Uh, but then he said <laughs> that that article was corrected. So, you know, um, number two. So it's he, like, he deleted the tweet after he realized he was incorrect, of course, right? Oh, no, it's still there. <laughs> I'm still looking at it. And keep um, in mind, nobody had ever heard of this fucker before this. This is just a publicity stunt for him to get followers. That's all it is. We know. Oh that. yeah, of course. So you know, uh, Alexandria responded to him on Twitter and had about ten times more likes and retweets than his stupid fucking tweet had. Uh, hey John, number one, I didn't go to uh, Brown or the Ivy League. I went to BU. Try Google. Uh, number two, it is nice. Uh, growing up, it was a good town for working people. My mom scrubbed toilets so I could live here, and uh, grew and I grew up seeing how the zip code one is born in determines much of their opportunity. And uh, number three, your attempt to strip me of my family, my story, my home, and my identity is is exemplary of how uh, scared you are of the power of all four of those things. Um, and I actually live in Yorktown Heights currently, and I, you know, of course, uh, I responded to him. Uh, like what I said was, uh, I live in Yorktown Heights currently. Uh, it is a working class suburb, and uh, that is a minuscule house. You lie for a living, but that shouldn't surprise anyone, uh, considering you used to work for the biggest fascist organization in the country. Uh, by the way, he was a former NYPD officer, so of course he's a right wing fucking jerk off. Just just posting pictures of the house she l- used to live in, like that's. She's not a public. She's not in public office yet. Like that's a little fucking stalkerish. That's a lot stalkerish, actually. Well, and the yeah, my question. I, I also tweeted at him. Did you get you know one of your pig buddies to fucking look up her old address in the NYPD database? Because how else would you have found her childhood address? You know, in Yorktown. I, I'm sure you can't just you know find that shit. Uh, you know, readily available. Um, no, I mean it's it, there's more and more stuff on the internet, but it's you know it's still pretty disturbing. There was a just reminding me there was a court case where an NYPD cop had uh, gotten into some online chat rooms about uh, some I guess you'd call it like torture porn fantasies, and uh, was talking to somebody about somebody he was fixated on in real life, and uh, he got caught. Because he used that database, the actual police database, to look up where she lived, and he started casing her house. And he said it was all just fantasy. It was all just fantasy. He never would have done anything. And they were like, you were literally stalking her in real life, and you used the police database to look up her home address. So you know know that that gets abused in real life. We know that gets abused. Well, that's – yeah, that's – 
So, I mean, he may have found her online, but that's why I said that, because I, I feel like cops probably have no qualms whatsoever with abusing that data, uh, database, you know, no, looking no. up for personal so bullshit. One of the, yeah, one of the things we have at Department of State is anytime you access, uh, uh, you know, uh, look into someone's information, it's tracked and recorded. So you can never do it without anyone knowing, right? And I guarantee the same does not exist for police, <laughs> that oh, they, can ac- no. they can access that database without any record of it. Right. So right there, you've got a a dangerous weapon, you know, that can harm people against their own privacy that the police aren't, you know, it's not an honor system. And we already know that most of them are fucking scum and will and will use it to harm people, especially the NYPD. The NYPD is one of the most corrupt police police organizations in the fucking world. Like Michael Bloomberg described them as his own private army at one point. Like they, they have police stations in other countries doing intel work yeah yeah the i'm NYPD. not kidding no i know <laughs> I, i've heard that before yeah yeah it's fucking psychotic and fascist is all hell and like any reasonable country would be like what the fuck this is insane what are we doing what are we allowing these maniacs to do but you know of course we're not a reasonable country so yeah at, at dinner tonight i uh, went out for dinner with my uh, with my mother and sitting right next to us with a table four cops and you definitely were not local police these guys were in like tactical gear one guy had a like a, just a huge pistol, like not a nine millimeter, but something much larger, strapped to the side of his leg, not his not his hip. And right next to that is this giant like Rambo knife, like this t- this you know like um, Scott Pruitt's tactical pants, you know that cost fifteen hundred dollars. They're not camo, yeah. they're tactical tactical <laughs> pants. Well, it's like why why would any police officer need a giant fucking Bowie knife? It's just there to intimidate they're, they're people. In the, in That's the fucking all. city, there's no reason that you... Yeah, you need. well, and I live in a town where there's not much issue with police brutality. Um, there's only been, like, one police, you know, uh, one cop that shot someone in 10 years here. And oh, for wow, a town of 100,000, like, that's very good, yeah. you know? Um, but you don't see cops <laughs> like that. Public <clears throat> events around here, the police have no presence. They just don't... You never see them. They're not around. Um, so, I, I don't know. They're... they're there's a different way to police is all I'm saying here. But these guys were definitely not from around here. I'm not sure where they were, but they all had like the, the American flag with the blue line, like fucking blue lives matter bullshit. They all have mm-hmm. those shirts on. Right. And then from the waist down, we're in like SWAT gear basically. But that giant fucking knife on there. I'm like, there's no way that, you know, and my, my poor mom, she's like, well, they're required to have that if that's what they have. I'm like, no, they don't No, They can no, have whatever why? the fuck they want. Those fucking giant surplus army tanks that they get to roll down the street. They request those. They're, they're not required to, have that they want that shit from the government yeah and then they make goofy music videos you ever see that video of the that one the that fucking one optimus prime thing oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. god <laughs> cop social media is like just the uh, oh the fucking worst or when they'll try to make dumb like twitter jokes where they'll put like a packet of drugs under like a box with a stick like holding it up and being like uh hey come by the police station today for like like just just no it, it's so fucking try hard. Like it's so funny. Yeah, and then occasionally yeah, if they is. do something funny, actually like actually funny, they'll get fucking grilled for it. Like apparently they they uh some some small town police station uh they repainted the side of one of their cop cars to say popo instead of police. And like other cops got mad about it, and it's like, oh, okay, Jesus that's fucking, fucking harmless. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's like actually mildly funny. Yeah, way, no, I, but, I giggled. That's funny. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, well, fuck them. I don't even know how we got on. Oh, yeah, because yeah. So there's been a lot of. Um, God, I didn't idiots. have my the little clip from the 
bad boy no. song ready to go either. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. All right, next time. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, there, there's been a lot of right-wing douchebags and left-wing douchebags uh, smearing her because they're terrified that socialism is winning, and they realize that uh, younger generations have no fucking time whatsoever uh, for capitalism and have no uh, disillusions uh, about capitalism the way that people who grew up in the 80s do. Not not everyone, obviously, you know, <laughs> co-hosts excluded, but the, you know, the vast majority of people who were um, in, you know, working in the 80s still hold on to that bullshit fucking myth of trickle-down economics and, you know, uh, the the fact that America's a meritocracy, all, all this shit that's just really not fucking true. And well, I mean, you know, I think everyone who lost their job because uh, of downsizing in the 80s and because of NAFTA in the 90s is also pretty fucking sick of it. So when I hear that, uh, you know, Pelosi say, well, it's the, you know, uh, Ocasio-Cortez winning is just because of that demographic, just those people that you know yeah. have brown skin, not because those people have a socioeconomic <laughs> uh, nightmare going on in their lives that's not that dissimilar from people in the Rust Belt who are trying to keep a hot food on their table. So when they say, "Oh, well, that's not going to play well in the in the you know in the cornfields of Iowa," what the fuck? I, Hillary Clinton just said forty percent of Iowa is, is socialist. So what the fuck are they talking about? Either it is or it isn't. Yeah, yeah, no, forty percent of of of. Iowa, which people tell me is a purple state. So, of course, you know, you need to run people like Joe Manchin in purple states. You know, you can't run a far left candidate. Well, if 40% of Democrats are fucking socialists in Iowa, um, what the fuck are we even having this discussion for? Conversation over. Right. It's a, it, you know, move well, left I lo- or I fucking love when, move off you a know, cliff. People who we know on Twitter, no one in particular, but you can tell they haven't been doing this very long because they suddenly have this epiphany where they go, oh, my God. I figured out a way Democrats can win. They just need to run on these socialist issues. And it's like, oh my God, you don't, you don't, you don't think they know that they'd win on those issues. Of course they know they would win on those issues. Oh, yeah. That's why they don't run on them because they don't want to win. <laughs> There's even people that have been doing this for a long time. That's still, you know, Michael Morrill still say shit like that. occasionally I'm like, dude, come on, you know, better. You've been talking about class issues since your first fucking film. Like you don't realize that the Democrats are a fuck you know what, what Kashama Sawan said that the Democratic Party is a graveyard for any kind of a social or political movement like that that's their fucking function yeah. is to kill off any yeah. kind of you know well, progressive uprising. Speaking of his first film, there's always that scene that that stands out to me where he's interviewing the guy who's going to be laid off within a week, mm-hmm. who is just some factory worker who at the time probably didn't even make ten bucks an hour, and that was like a decent union wage back in the late eighties. Yeah. And he's like, look, you you downsize all these companies and lay off all these americans you get rid of the middle class and no one has any money to buy anything you're gonna you're gonna collapse the economy for good and you know this guy's making 10 bucks an hour is a better economic uh, analyst than somebody on cnbc who who all said no one could have seen the foreclosure crisis that collapsed our economy like they're paid millions of dollars to lie to you about the nature of economics and they say well we're the experts though we know exactly how this works. They're just complete fucking liars. But, you know, I mean, anyone who even studies fucking history knows that that's all bullshit. You know, like I, I was listening to um, uh, Dave Anthony's podcast, The Dollop, uh, and he did an episode on Andrew Jackson. And he talked about Andrew Jackson's economic policies and how he had similar, you know, uh, policies all the way back in the 1800s. And he fucking crashed the economy and caused a massive recession. And it's like. We've been doing this since we fucking founded this country, and 
everyone knows better. Everyone who is in power in Washington fucking knows better. They just don't give a shit. They're all a bunch of fucking sellouts who will sell you and your family out for campaign contributions or for a future job as a lobbyist or on the job on the board. Like they don't give a fuck. So let's please put aside this bullshit notion that the Democrats are just not smart enough. And if that, we just keep telling them that they'll understand that that's the way the cut, they fucking know they're Republicans. They know exactly what would help this country. They don't give a fuck and they're never going to do it. So Right. Replace well, people them say with people exa- who I, we think actually will. Yeah, people say poor Joe Crowley. They, like, they're like, well, he was progressive. He already was progressive. It's like, no, <laughs> he was a he was just a money making machine because he had no qualms about taking cash from any private prison or big pharma or nothing. You know, when they said let's uh, let's create ICE, he's like, yes, that'll be a new frontier in selling weapons and. Uh, surveillance systems and night vision goggles and drones. We're going to militarize the border. It's going to be a new frontier for all of our hired fucking mercenaries. And that's what it was. That's exactly what it has been. Yeah. And everyone gave Cynthia Nixon shit this week because she called ICE a terrorist organization. I'm like, well, she's literally oh, the yeah. only one who's fucking said anything <laughs> remotely approaching what what the actual feeling of the American people is, uh, you know, regarding ICE. Yeah, they said you that know? was too far. And then, you know, two weeks later, it's like everyone's, you know, this is this has been my the thing that I wanted so long was that for uh, liberals to actually come back to the left because of Trump, and for the most part, they've just attacked the left because of Trump. Uh, but now, finally, you've got. <laughs> seemingly an issue that we can unite on, which is abolish ICE. Um, you know, I, I'm sure you saw all the, the tweets that went out from this woman that scaled the Statue of Liberty on 4th of July. And, you know, it, that's that's going to ruffle some feathers. You know, it's, that's just it just is. But what she did was amazing, this woman climbing yeah. up onto the Statue of Liberty. You know, with no gear, she just climbed up with her fucking running shoes. When and- I looked at the picture, I was like, "How the <laughs> fuck did she get up that to, to you know on top of the the plat the platform?" I was like, "This lady's fucking Spider Man." <laughs> yeah, well, and in like this, uh, Brie Newsom climbs up this pole to snatch down the Confederate flag. It's it's like black women are just like incredibly good at climbing up shit, and then you see the cops just like having to trudge their pasty white asses up there with like 18 <laughs> harnesses and just yeah. they're like oh we can't get it you know and of course once they finally get up there they're enraged so when they do finally grab her even though she's already sitting down peacefully they fucking grab her in a chokehold and slam her head onto the fucking statue mm-hmm. you know and just that illegal chokehold yeah <laughs> you know the image of a, of a cop brutalizing a black woman underneath the heel of the statue of liberty this was said often this week but you could not paint a more appropriate visual metaphor for white supremacy in america i'm surprised the fucking statue didn't like just you know lift its foot up and stomp on the fucking cop just out of pure like <laughs> just willed it well, into existence you know, you know, you know like how fucking ghostbusters a... style yeah well you know how every time there's like a tr- national tragedy the easiest go-to for shitty uh political cartoonists is to show the statue of liberty crying with like mm-hmm. some other ironic element, or the, or in, the, the, you know? the torch out on the Statue of Liberty, or right, right, and it's just it's just like so you could there was such a horrible compilation of all those cartoons after nine eleven where it's just like you cannot think of anything better to draw than Statue of Liberty crying or with the flame you know snuffed out. It's like mm-hmm. one person's got to do a riff on that. Like somebody, I, I don't know if you have follow political cartoonists. I do a bit, but uh, 
is a guy who is a strip called Tom the Dancing Bug, which actually runs a bunch of different kinds of strips in the series, right? And mm. I, they do a really he, the guy that draws it does a really great job of like lampooning other types of of tropes in political cartoons. And I I just wish him or somebody would do like a spin on that. Only it's like I don't know something another ironic level to the 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 trope of the. Uh, Statue of Liberty grieving for a national tragedy. In this case, literally. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. So yeah, you know, we're talking about the Statue of Liberty. We might as well uh, discuss what the main event of of the podcast. I mentioned to you earlier. I wanted to have a conversation about patriotism because, uh, you know, it was just the fourth. Uh, everyone was in a super patriotic mood for some reason, even though the country is slipping off into fucking oblivion but um uh, you know i i think that's a really interesting subject because you know traditionally especially when i was growing up you know in the bush administration everyone looked at people who would say that they're patriots as like oh that those people are right-wing you know fucking assholes would you know rightfully so which they were um yeah <laughs> which they were <laughs> um but now it's like the new vogue thing is for like shit libs to be like like super patriots and say things like you know america is, is already great or you know uh, just just fucking absolute nonsense yeah know, verbal diarrhea so well they think it's the cold war again because uh, bernie and, and jill stein and susan sarandon are russian chaos agents so clearly they've got to you know secure our borders from the from the, uh, the the russian hackers and all the the bernie bro memes Oh, well, did you know, though, that Trump's vote margin was only 44,000 and Jill Stein got 48,000 votes in in Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, okay, great. So wait, so we're going to outlaw third parties? Yeah. That's not okay, how wait, it even great. works, so then, though. It's fucking great, so crazy. Then, <laughs> it's what like about Gary Johnson's 100,000 votes that all right. of a sudden will go to Trump right. then? Like, you fucking and neither, like, I don't. D Gary Johnson didn't get a single electoral college vote. Jill Stein did not get a single electoral no. college vote. Had they not run not. at all, the outcome would have been exactly the same. And then you've got states like Michigan where 70,000 people filled out their entire ballot except for president, left it blank, didn't vote for anybody. Or yeah. you've got the 40% of registered Democrats that didn't vote at all for any race during 2016. So it's like I mean they I just talk wish about one person would fucking go on TV and say that because no every idiot fucking celebrity that I see on Twitter it, it's still today Kathy Griffin posted a, a a something about Jill Stein it's like they just can't fucking get over that their little bubble was burst about how you know how great things are going in this country and how far we're moving forward and this fucking fantasy that they have of America which just does not exist so. I think that's where this patriotism comes from is that it's a longing for a time three years ago when they thought that America was great, even though all this horrible shit was still going on. They just were able to close their eyes to it because they had a president who spoke nicely and, you know, said nice things to them right. as he was doing well, horrible and, and fucking the, shit. Like, exactly. And, and that's 99 percent of the stuff Trump is doing. They don't have a problem with it. They have a problem with the things he says. You know, yeah. it's it's like if you they they the people that are outraged about um, you know Jill Stein and Susan Strand and Nina Turner having a consistent moral stance their entire careers <laughs> as activists, but they cannot name a single one of the Democrats that voted to confirm every single Trump nomination because there's always like three or four of them. The rotating oh, villains. Yeah. Joe Manchin absolutely is. Yeah. You know, for every it's, one, I believe. It, it, we've talked about this. You know, if they wanted to actually stop Trump from nominating anyone else to the Supreme Court, they could do it. They just all have to not show up because they need a majority to be there to even vote on it. 
So if they just none of them show up, that, then that would be it. But you'd always have the five to ten Democrats that show up and, you know, they're like, well, actually, I th- really think there is something to this guy. I trust this Pompeo or I trust this uh, bloody Gina to run the, CIA, run the CIA. Or Neil fucking Gorsuch, who said that you should freeze to death in a, in a truck if a corporation tells you to do so. You know, <laughs> like well, lunatic. I mean, if the, that's why we should just have driverless trucks and put all the truck drivers out of business. And then we don't, they won't have to worry about freezing to death. Problem solved, liberals. <laughs> um. So I don't know if you saw this today. I just read it earlier before we came on the podcast. But uh, Doug Jones does not think that the Democrats should uh, or does not think that they should wait until after the midterms to hold uh, confirmation hearings on the next Supreme Court justice. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the deafening <laughs> silence from uh, other Democrats about Doug Jones when they all said, well, we, you can't run anyone more uh, more to the left of someone than Doug Jones because the other guy's a pedophile. That's all we have to do is just run someone who's not a pedophile. That's good enough. Isn't that good enough for you, purity bros? <laughs> and it's just, it's like they don't want to, they're, they've completely gone silent about Doug Jones. They don't want to, you know, they, they said, oh, look, this is the, the, this is the, the centrist wave. This is the proof of the centrist wave in the South. And it's just like, well, dude, and the other funny thing from all the pundits around. Joke around Doug Jones's election was like, oh, well, you people are being ridiculous. He is progressive. He fought for civil rights. Look how progressive he is. Meanwhile, fucking has not met a Trump nominee that he wouldn't vote for, has supported Trump like something like 50 or 60 percent of the time on in, no, in his votes. I, on the votes? I think he's like close to 100 percent. I'm pretty sure. I, he, he's gotten a little bit better, but when he his first like month or two in office, he voted with him like almost 100 percent of the time. It was absurd. Like. But um, he's still one of the highest uh, voting percent. I mean, you should you should vote with Donald Trump close to zero percent of the time. Like it, it, it's fucking insane that that as a Democrat in fucking Congress in the Senate that you would vote with Donald Trump more than you know five percent of the time. Obviously, there's like you know name the post off uh, po- you know postal postal worker recognition day. You know that you could vote <laughs> with him on that or whatever. But uh, yeah. But, of course, Republicans would never do that because they want to fucking destroy the post office. But you know what I mean? Like, stupid, not important shit. But on, on any kind of actual substantive policy discussion or policy vote, it's fucking, like, it's immoral that you would even vote with him in any of those fucking cases. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Mom about this tonight, and she goes, you know, she she likes the AOC. She likes uh, Cynthia Nixon, I'm sure. But she still has that kind of that brain worm where she's convinced that um holding true to values is what cost uh the democrats a thousand seats right oh my god and it's just it's like no when you run a right-wing democrat versus a right-wing republican the right-wingers are going to look at that and go uh i'm pretty sure the right-wing liberal is just a closet communist so i'm still going to vote for the fucking actual right-winger every fucking time yeah but at the same time, every time the Democrats do that right lane, they lose their own base. And it's incredible how Democrats just are, are completely ignorant when it comes to even listening to their own base, let alone actually doing what their base wants. And amazing how well the Republicans are at listening to their own base and actually doing the things their base wants. That's why they win elections. When you alienate your own base and you run to the right as a Democrat, you're going to fucking lose. And the thing is, they know that. <laughs> they know that doing that is why they lose. Design. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, you know, every time you hear somebody say, you know, regarding voting, you know, why bother? My vote doesn't mean anything. That's almost always 
a, a left-leaning independent or a left-wing voter. Like, because the right-wing uh, almost always gets what they want when they fucking vote because they vote for lunatics because the party understands that that's the way to keep power is to put, you know, far-right lunatics in there on social issues and then they can get away with whatever economic bullshit they want to. Uh, that the fucking left has not gotten that memo at all and they think that the answer is to court... Uh, the fucking 10% of voters who are somewhere in between uh, Democrats and Republicans who are going to vote, you know, right. Uh, well, it, it's a mythical fucking sliver of voters. Like it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Well, and, and that's the thing is, you know, the, the, um, the right wingers that are interested in, in capitalism a lot know that if they just keep appealing to the worst nature of their constituents, they'll always be in power. You know, and, and the Democrats know if they appeal to the best nature of their constituents and they get put in power, they won't be able to do shitty right wing capitalist policy anymore. <laughs> Both parties want to do shitty right wing capitalist shit. It's just the Dems know if they put people in power who don't like that or, you know, or they're put in power by people who don't like that, they'll have to be accountable to those people. And they really don't want to be accountable to those people. Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi really don't want to have to stand up and defend capitalism publicly. They want to do it quietly without being having a, you know, any scrutiny put on them. Yeah. And someone actually had a really good tweet about that the other day. It was like, all these people that are asking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to defend socialism uh, or, or to explain why they're, why she's a socialist um, should be asking Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer every interview that they have, why they support capitalism and ask them to defend capitalism. Because oh like, yeah. That, that crazy fucking Mia chick who uh, claims to be a scholar of race yet. Uh, when I, when she said capitalism doesn't need to be racist. And I posted a bunch of quotes from um, uh, Angela Davis, um, Fred Hampton, Malcolm X and MLK, who all agreed that capitalism and racism are inextricable, inextricable from one another. She immediately blocked me. And this is someone who claims to be a scholar on race, you know, and it's just like, well, show me. I, I, I've never seen a perfect socialist country before. And it's like, that's your um, excuse. So show me the perfect capitalist country then. So, I mean, if you really think about it, and I think we talked about this, and I think this is a realization a lot of people come, re come to when they realize that they're socialists, because I had this revolution uh, not all that long ago. Um, slavery is the ultimate form of capitalism that's the ultimate end game of capitalism because capitalism is just built on uh exploiting as much labor as possible for as little um cost as little expense and you know extracting right. the most profit so what's the logical conclusion of that it's making people work for free and keeping 100 percent of the profit slavery that's the right. end game of fucking capitalism. It's... Well, and then just the, the idea of colonization, that land is property, that someone else besides the people own the land, that people have to pay to exist on the land itself. You know, that 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 when people say uh, decolonize, you know, we need to decolonize, they don't usually literally mean that every white person has to move back to Europe. It means that we decolonize our mindset about land ownership. What you still have... 99% of, of real estate is for-profit real estate, and you've got, what, uh, six empty homes for every homeless person, yet, uh, you know, banks are just sitting on houses that, that could people could be housed in, refugees and migrants and asylum seekers could be housed in, but people say, no, someone owns that, someone needs to pay for that. That's, that's a fucking moral obscenity to me, that we live in a society that values an empty house more than a person living on the street. Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it it's it's fucking obscene. But our country was founded on on that kind of obscene bullshit. I mean, we came absolutely. to a place 
where there were people who were like, yeah, this is ours now. Um, get out. That, <laughs> they're yeah, like, no, we like our land. <laughs> it's it's in the Declaration of Independence, that one little part they don't tell you about where it refers to the natives as the unsufferable Indian, Indian savages. savages. Yeah. 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 So... Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. Um, you know, it, but that's, I mean, that, that idea of white supremacy is the idea of taking something from someone else, you know, the, the, the idea of extracting capital from someone else's labor, from someone else's livelihood, uh, from profiting off of misery, of, of forced displacement, for, you know, forced evictions by not being able to afford the rent anymore. It's the same, comes from the same idea as literally driving people off their land and putting them into camps. It's the same mentality. It's the same fucking yeah. thing. It's there is no there is no capitalism without inherent white supremacist racism. And you know the funny thing to me is that people think that like we're not the bad guys when it comes to things like that. You know the the, uh, the indigenous people. Uh, we uh, there's this this mindset of like, well, yeah, I mean, you know. We did take their land, but they were living like savages. They didn't have any kind of civilization, all this shit, which number one is obviously is not an excuse if that were the case, but it's really not at all the case because they were, they were during, during the 1800s, uh, Tecumseh, who was, you know, this, uh, uh, chief who united all these different tribes to fight off all the colonizers, uh, you know, sat and met with like the British, uh, forces and tried to negotiate essentially a like a truce where they would you know support each other so that britain could have its land back and that the natives could have their land back i mean they were a very advanced society and we just came and fucking killed them all and took their land like right so there was it a makes meme people I feel see. better to think that they yeah. they were a bunch of fucking savages who couldn't oh, string words together yeah, it's, it's the, but it's, it's really the, not at all the case i mean ben shapiro uh jordan peterson version of colonialism where it's like well these people uh, we're all, they couldn't defend themselves from our anthrax blankets until we invented a cure hundreds of years later. It's like, just like, what? I saw a meme to, uh, this week where it was comparing like Roman, the Roman uh, Greek buildings, you know, uh, the Parthenon, and it was comparing that to like huts in Africa, you know, like a mud hut in Africa, as, as though to say that like one culture was primitive and the other one was sophisticated. And I reminded the person who posted it uh, that, uh, Africans built the fucking pyramids, which they still <laughs> they still don't know how they pulled that off thousands of years before they the Greeks and the Romans. They still can literally not re recreate what they fucking did. You no, know, they can't figure out ago. how it was done. And it's like, and you're going to compare. Okay, that, that, not even to mention that building a, a, a hut out of mud that's like cool inside it has a very low carbon footprint basically using the you know you don't have to build it out of heavy materials it's just mud and straw and it, it withstands the elements for decades that's pretty fucking sophisticated to me that's doing yeah. a lot with a very little the, 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 that <laughs> i mean it's just such a dumb well, and name and whoever made it did like not think about it no, of course. And of course, they don't build that because they're not technologically advanced or they're not smart. They build they build it like that because they have no fucking money because we've extracted oh, all the wealth from that fucking continent. I mean, but they've been building like that thing in a, you know, indigenous cultures were extremely sustainable. They did not mm -hmm. uh, hoard wealth. They did not uh, try to 
uh, destroy the planet in the pursuit of bettering society. You know, so there is no more intelligent society to me than one that knows how to live within its own ecological means. And right now, by that measure, uh, Western capitalism is a fucking death cult. We're fucking insane. It's insane the things we rationalize in the sake of comfort that are destroying the planet. And we go, eh, well, that's, you know, I can't go without bacon. Sorry. <laughs> it's it's mind-boggling. You know, speaking of death cults, totally unrelated, but everyone, I you know, a recommendation for a movie that people should watch. There's this movie called The Endless, which is uh, about a, a group of people that, that uh, go back and, like like hang out again with the death cult that they were raised in uh really fucking good a couple of my favorite uh indie filmmakers just came out on demand so you should go check that out what's uh, uh, t- was it on or, netflix no you, you probably have to get it on vod um i'll 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 i'll, I'll take care of it for you hey shoot, shoot me <laughs> but, a link um, uh shoot me a link <laughs> but uh you know it, it, it's really good and people should support independent film because uh it's the only place you're going to find actual, you know, with few exceptions, it's the only place you're going to find real fucking art in cinema anymore. Uh, um, what, not you, just you, things you, being blown you, up. And I, I feel like you're taking a shot at ScarJo. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally cool that 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 white uh, Scarlett Johansson is going to play a uh, trans man in a movie. That's that's that seems well. So she's already an, she's already an Asian woman, so I mean, she's she's just a diverse actor. Apparently, she can play those roles. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. You know the the funny thing is, you know that that um, American uh, live action Ghost in the Shell, whatever fucking mess that was. Like mm-hmm. her being cast as the lead was maybe the least worst thing about that film. <laughs> if you look at yeah, all the ways they bad. changed it, you know, um, it's still not even that bad visually. But it's it's like you don't care about any of the characters whatsoever. You just don't and care you, about the source material whatsoever. You're no. like, oh, this is a nice property to and stick. Yeah, a fucking celebrity in. <laughs> It's really hard to make a movie with the writing so bad that you can make a build a world that rich and full of, you know, interesting visuals and still just not feel anything from it. Um, I mean, to me, it's like the total opposite of the, the last Blade Runner film where it's still somewhat a bleak depiction of the future. But you care about the people because you feel like they are real people struggling to you know, find their humanity in this this awful world where I never felt that that at all from watching that uh, ScarJo mess. Um, yeah. She was great in Under the Skin, though. I thought that was very different uh, as far as a real performance coming out of her. But uh, no, she's a good actress. She just makes yeah stupid choices, or her agent makes stupid choices, or something. Well, <laughs> and then doubling down on the whole SodaStream West Bank occupation thing was just like what. I don't know if you know about that, but she was a spokes rep for uh, SodaStream, which builds their little soda machines in a factory illegally in the West Bank, right? Oh, lovely. And so she was on the, uh, you know, the the uh, spokes rep for SodaStream, and she was on the board at Oxfam, which is a human rights organization. They kind of called her out and said, "Hey, ScarJo, could you please not?" And she's like, um, "I'm gonna go with quitting Oxfam." Wow. She, she doubled down on it. Great, great, great that you have principles over over your fucking you know probably fairly measly to you endorsement by, by fucking SodaStream, right? I mean, what is it about <laughs> being on the wrong side of history? You've got, you know, um, you're. I always, I always like, I struggle because I'll get uh, ScarJo and NatPo mixed up in my brain, but like Natalie Portman, 
you know, she took some shit for it, but she came down on the right side of the history on that one. She was like, you know what? I'm not gonna not gonna do the the Israel thing anymore. It's just not it's gonna too, accept your bullshit. Award too much, to too much blood drenched on that medal you're gonna give me. Yeah, right. Oh shit. All right. Um. Well, we're gonna get out of here, but uh. If you like what you hear on the show, uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, uh, follow us on SoundCloud, give us a like, uh, soundcloud.com slash move left. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash move left idiots. Uh, I'm on Twitter at move underscore left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at chaos, right? 1999. And I didn't screw up <laughs> a single thing in that little spiel at the end. I, I think I'm you actually just, getting the hang of this. You sing your anxieties and that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> all right and uh yeah we will catch you next week later